And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Do you know a high schooler who is a natural leader and loves to give back to their community? The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Student Visionaries of the Year program might be the perfect opportunity. Forming strong teams to support them, Student Visionaries of the Year candidates fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This seven-week philanthropic leadership development program helps students gain valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. Not to mention, it looks great on college applications. But most importantly, it's a chance for students to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on the lives of blood cancer patients and their families. Learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. Welcome to the Jill on Money show. It is Monday, January 23rd. And uh, this is a momentous day for two reasons. The first is obvious. My book drops tomorrow. I can't believe it. After all this yakking about it, uh, yes, it is dropping. And if you are interested in pre-ordering and you would like to be able to join us for our webinar, which takes place in February, on February 8th, if you want to pre-order it, you have until tonight. This is it. This is big time deadline. Okay? So really, if you do it now, you pre-order the book. And you will be able to join us on Wednesday, February 8th at 7 p.m. Eastern time for our first ever live webinar. So everything is on the website, jillonmoney.com. Okay, you want to know what else is happening today? Check it out. Tax season opens. I know that you hate to hear about this, but a couple of things that are notable about tax season. Number one, uh, average tax refund is probably going down. That's because all those pandemic era programs are going back to where they were pre-pandemic, specifically that child tax credit. Uh, Number two, even though there are going to be more people at the IRS, it's still tough to get through to the IRS. I love these stats. This is the taxpayer advocate says the IRS received 173 million calls during fiscal year 2022. Only 13%, one out of eight calls got through to an IRS employee. Just do that again. Only 13% got through. Oh, and by the way, um, if you did get through, you waited an average of 29 minutes on hold before your call began. Hmm. 
Not great. Okay. A few other things. Tax filing deadline this year is April 18th. This is because of Emancipation Day in the District of Columbia. So April 18th, that's your day. And also it is the due date to file for an extension, which gives you uh, until October to file. The IRS free file system is open. If you've got an adjusted gross income of $73,000 or less last year, you get to file your federal tax returns at no extra cost, either through electronic fillable forms or through IRS partnerships with, uh, I think there's seven or eight private tax prep services. So that's good to know. Uh, as always, don't be calling me and complaining about the fact you didn't get your your refund because you probably filed by paper. So keep this little equation in mind. Paper equals problems. That's the most important thing. Do not file with a paper return. File electronically. All right, that's it. I'll have more when we get into our tax planning stuff. But that's the basis of your new tax season. Very exciting. I know you're all excited. And so am I. Today, we are talking to more of you about the things going on in your financial life. And to that end, we are excited to talk to Steve, who's on the line from Florida. Hello, Steve. How are you? Hi, Jill. Thank you for taking my call. Of course. What's on your mind? How can we help you out? I uh, have a situation uh, going on with my aunt. Her husband passed away last month, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. and um, I've been helping her with her financial paperwork, etc. She was not really, uh, my uncle really took care of everything financially, so she was not really plugged into what was going on on the financial side. Mm. So it is a little bit of a mess, and I'm trying to figure out exactly what to do. So I thought I'd call you and see if you could give me some advice. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about your aunt. How old is she? She is uh, 82. And she lives on her own? Yes, she lives on her own. um, And she actually lives on this big property with a couple of horses. Really? You mean that she owns horses? Like she's on a farm? Yes. Holy smokes. Who helps her with all of this? Or is she totally fine? She, well, my uncle would help a lot, obviously, with the horses and everything mm-hmm. else. But right now she's by herself, which is of concern to me, obviously, at this point. Yeah. So it's something do we'll you, talk about. Do you guys live close by to her? Uh, no, we do not. We are about seven or eight hours away. Oh, so. my God. Are there other siblings? This is your wife's. Well, who, who is this? Is this your aunt, your aunt or your aunt-in-law? Uh, it's, it's a couple of times removed. They don't have any kids. So it's, oh, uh, boy. Yeah, okay. No kids. So you're the ones who are helping out. Yeah, we are helping out. And she does have some friends and neighbors nearby who come and help her from time to time. So she's got a, a, a decent support system around hmm. her. Oh, well, that's good. So this property that she lives on this farm and the horses, how much do you figure it's worth? So we have actually had some realtors come through over the past couple of days. Um, we have heard between uh, five seventy-five to six seventy-five, uh, okay. depending on how much we put into the house to spruce it up before trying to sell it. Is there a mortgage on it? Yes, mortgage is about two hundred k. And she's on board with selling it. I think I finally got her there. Mm. That's hard. Where is she going to go? 
That's uh, something we are trying to figure out. The problem is that the mortgage, since we are talking about that, has got an extremely high interest rate. It's at 6.75. Wow. Um, which which was of surprise to me when I saw it because this was mortgage was taken out in 2006, I believe. And so, they never refinanced and okay. Yeah, they, I, they couldn't get it refinanced. I guess they were retired. I'm not sure what the issue was but they couldn't get it refinanced. So unfortunately, they are stuck with this very large mortgage, uh, which is part of the problem that we have. What about her other assets? So basically, she has about 375K or so uh, between a brokerage account and IRA. Her, Her husband's IRA and her IRAs, all three together, is about 375K. And just safe money, like bank account money? Bank account money is pretty low, maybe about twenty five thousand, let's say. And she is going to get uh, they. Uh, my uncle had a whole life policy, so that is going to pay out hundred thousand, hopefully, the next uh, week or so. And what about her income? She has social security, or does she receive half of your uncle's? She has social security and my uncle did not have any social security. I still am trying to figure out what the issue was. Hmm. Okay. What's, do you know the social security amount? Uh, hers is like 160 a month, I think that's coming in after they deduct Medicare and stuff. And what about any other income? For example, is there any old pension or any other income that, that um, she derives from other sources? There is nothing else that I can find. There, uh, There is or there was a trust that my uncle had mm-hmm. that they were getting income from. And that apparently is not sending her any money now. And we are trying to figure out what the issue with the trust is. Do it's, you know what's left in the trust? Is it possible that they drained it? No, there's about, uh, I go, I found a statement from about three or four months ago. It has about 500K in it. So it's wow. Nice. Wait a minute. Hold yeah. on. Do you have a copy of that trust document? Do we know where this, what the source is of this? Yes, we do have a copy of the trust document, but the trust, and then we have an amendment to it, uh, which is a couple of years later. Apparently the trust was set up by my uncle's father in 1978 Oh my God! With him as the beneficiary, and then there's an amendment in 1980 saying that some of the proceeds need to go to his wife when he passes away. Okay. But the trust has stopped paying out, so we are actually uh, going to talk to a lawyer tomorrow. Good. A state lawyer. Uh, I don't know if you would have any other advice to figure no, out. No, that was going to be like my first bit of advice was we need to figure out from the lawyer. They're going to go. So a lawyer is going to take a look at this trust, right? Is going to find out what happens. There's, there is absolutely a clause in every trust, which says is if the beneficiary of this trust dies, here's where the corpus or the remaining assets go. So my hope is it goes to your aunt. It is also, of course, possible that are there um, that maybe did your uncle have siblings? Yes. So there, uh, he did have a he had a sister who has also passed away, but the sister had a has a son. So I think that's probably where the money is going. But there's also confusion about was was there a separate trust set up for the sister? So it is very confusing. 
So I'm hoping a, a lawyer can make sense of it for us. Where is the trust held? At, at a bank or at an investment company? I believe it is an invest. I think it's called United Trust Company or something like that. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, is I think what it is what the paperwork says. Okay, great. I mean that you have all the paperwork is an important first step. Really important. Okay. Let's for a second put the trust aside. Okay. Let's pretend it doesn't exist, which would suck, but let's pretend anyway. Once your auntie sells the house, let's just say she sells it as is. Okay. And let's say that she is able to net, has to pay a realtor or whatever, 350000 300, let's, let's even say 300000 net, okay? That means, so 300000 would be net. How, you said there's a brokerage and two IRAs. How much is in the brokerage specifically? Brokerage has about two hundred and ten k. Okay. And the IRAs, one IRA has 116 k and one mm-hmm. IRA has got about 47K. Okay, great. So now we have this 500, let's say we have 510,000 and we'll be in a brokerage after she sells. Then we've got the the IRA accounts, which essentially will become one IRA account because she's the beneficiary, right? Yep. Okay. So we have about 160 grand in IRAs. She must take her required minimum distributions from this account, right? Yes, yes. And how much, do you know how much they had been taking? Do you happen to have their return, their tax return or anything from last year or not? I am still digging for that, but I was told by the uh, brokerage guy that they had cashed out almost like 85000 last year. I'm not sure why. I'm not oh. finding where the money is going. Yeah, right. So I'm trying to figure that out. The other thing I did want to mention, there is credit card debt too. Which How much? So there's uh, 15000 on a credit union credit card mm-hmm. with, with about a 10% uh, APR. Yep. And then there is another 15000 on a Bank of America credit card, which is high interest rate, as you can imagine. And any car free. loan? No car loan. So that thirty grand of debt outstanding, right? Right. If she were to sell the place, where will she live? How much will it cost, do you think? She does not want to buy another place. She's probably going to rent because she wants to be, she wants flexibility, which is probably a good idea. Sure. You know, it ranges between, I think we can find something comfortable between 1600 and 1800 hopefully. All right, let's say 2000 2000 a month, let's say. Let's say 2000 uh, My biggest issue is the horses. That's the part that I'm struggling to figure out what to do, but- that's uh, that's the. Do you mean uh, like she don't think she can bring those to an apartment? I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, this is so terrible to say. Would she sell these horses? Does she want to keep them someplace? What do you think? She would prefer to keep them someplace so she can visit them. They are almost mm. like kids to her, as you can imagine, mm. like any any of our pets. So right. But we are trying to figure out how much that would cost, etc. So we are trying to figure all of those things out. All right. I'm leaving the, I feel like I can't believe that I'm saying this. I have to leave the horses set aside for a second. So if she's got $2,000 a month in rent, and then we presume that she probably needs what, another couple thousand dollars a month to live just in general? 
Yeah, yeah. We actually worked out uh, a monthly budget as is. So mm-hmm. as of right now, uh, just looking at all her actual in- expenses, including feeding horses, etc., we are looking at around sixty two hundred a month. No, that's but, too high. Right, oh my but God. but the but the mortgage is like thirty one hundred. Okay. And the credit card debt, we are paying another thousand. So forty one hundred is really going to pay debt, mortgage okay. and credit card. Okay. That's but the so situation. then it would be fair to say, once I get rid of the mortgage and the credit card debt, do you think she could live total on say thirty five hundred a month? I think so. Yes, okay. I, I I think so because I've been trying to cost cut as much as I can. But yes, I All think right. she let's could. even say four thousand a month. So first things first, when the whole life policy proceeds pay out, right? That you're going to get that hundred grand of that hundred, pay off the two credit card debts, the fifteen, the two fifteens. Okay. Yep. And the rest is going in the bank. So in the bank, there will be, uh, you know, $95,000. And don't do anything with that right this second. Number two is we need to understand really how quickly she can pull off the sale of the farm. Yeah, we are going to, I've, I've laid out a time frame. We want to get it listed by March 1st at the latest and the realtors are telling us it's in a, the the good part is it's a property in a desirable location so they are thinking they will they will get offers within 45 days is what great great i don't want her to spend any of the money in the bank that 95 grand that she'll have i don't want her to spend any of it on the house sell it as is right that's her, kind of the plan yeah right okay so now we'll have 95000 in the bank there's this 210000 in the investment account to which you will add the proceeds of the home, right? Yes. And so we'll have a half a million dollars plus this nice little $95,000 cushion in her bank. So then what we need to do is come up with a game plan for how she's going to have this extra money distributed to her. Again, presuming the trust does not exist for a second. Correct. That we have her you know, the, the minimal amount of her social security is fine, whatever. Then what I think has to happen is I think that because of her tax bracket being so low and it is low, I would start taking money out of those IRA accounts a little bit more aggressively, you know, because she could essentially take $40,000 out of the retirement account, pay a 12% tax on that. And that amount plus her social security should pretty much get her through. She's not going to, you know, it's not going to be living large, but that'll do it. That should probably do it pretty close. So I think $40,000, $42,000 out of the IRA account, I might even just you know that IRA that you said one has 47,000, one has 116? 47, is that hers or your uncle's? Uh, that's my uncle's. I would just pull that whole thing out this year. I'd pay taxes on it. I would use that for her to live on for the year. Drain the IRAs first is kind yep. of what you're saying. Don't yep. touch the brokerage at all. I wouldn't right now. Because we're gonna, she's going to be at such a low tax bracket. She's always going to be. I mean, she could potentially be at a ten percent bracket, but she'll be at twelve percent. Is pretty amazing. 
right? So let's just pull the money out. Let's get that money out. Let's live on that for a year. By the end of the year, she will have all of her bills paid. She will have no credit card debt. She will not have a mortgage. And you guys will be able to determine two major things. One, what is really the cost of her living expenses now that she's sold the the farm, right? That's the number we need. And the second thing is what happens to this trust. But again, let's pretend if the trust never existed, the next step for 2024 would be once again, and I'm not talking about investing yet, but again, using the IRA, pulling out the 40,000 for next year, maybe 42,000, stay in the 12% tax bracket, pay the tax that's due, use that to live on. You know, you basically will have about two and a half years worth of money that's in those IRA accounts that will pay her bills. The money that is left, okay, where is the investment account currently held and how is it invested? Yeah, that's the other piece I wanted to ask you about. Yes, it's held at uh, Morgan Stanley, which is, um, and I'm not sure what they have been doing because it's a very aggressive portfolio with a lot of individual stocks. And I almost to the point where it's like 75% stock versus bond. I'm inclined to get rid of that brokerage completely. Yeah, totally. Do you manage your own money and can you take over for your aunt now? Do you feel okay doing that? Yeah, I feel okay doing that. It's just a matter of uh, being a little careful with, I guess the question I wanted to ask you is, figuring out what that withdrawal strategy needs to be every year, I guess, is what I need. Yeah. So my strategy overall would be to keep this hundred grand in the bank always. And by the way, the money that's in the bank, once we pay off the credit card debt, again, the whole life policies proceeds come in, it goes into the bank. You keep 25 liquid, you put another 25 into a six month CD, another 25, you know, and like, let's have some couple of CDs earning some interest, keep that 95 or hundred grand in the bank. The brokerage account needs to be established in a way so that not this year, not even next year, but it's the following year when we're going to need to start drawing that down. And that means, so we get through 23, we get through 24. And by the way, the IRA assets have to be invested very conservatively because we're going to use this money up, right? Yes. So then the investment account that will have a half a million dollars in it will then in two years have to be the source of pulling money out. And Correct. the money that you're going to pull out of there is probably going to be a little bit more like, I'm guessing probably $3,000 a month. That's what I'm kind of hoping for. That's what I'm, yeah. And if, now that's a lot of money because you're going to run out of money. I just want to be, if we don't have the trust, we're going to run out of money. So <sighs> this is terrible to say this to you. So you may end up, you and your, are you, you're married. Yes. Yes. You and your spouse may end up having to help out your auntie. You just might have to, yeah. because in some in some way, shape, or form. I mean, again, it depends how long she lives and what happens with the, all these assets. But I just feel like, you know, when you pull three grand a month out of this account, it's going to run out. You know, we're going to run out in some group of years. And if she lives till she's 100, you're going to help her. And probably once, you know, so it just depends. And, 
you know, you'll make different choices. But I think for now, that should be your general game plan. So on the on the brokerage account where the long-term money is, what kind of allocation should that look like, I guess? Yeah. So I think that the allocation is probably going to be the money that you need in cash for the year or that 36000 has to be in cash, money market. And then of the rest, I think you kind of have to have a taxable bond fund for like, let's say 60%, 25% in a U.S. stock index fund, and the rest in an international index fund. And that's it. So, I mean, the trust thing is a complete drag, dude. I am so sorry. I mean, it's just like, we'll find out. And maybe the news is better because, by the way, if that trust does go to her, and now instead of having 510000 in a brokerage, we have 510 plus 500 grand in a trust, we might get lucky. She will not run out of money then. She'll probably be just fine. But I think that you've got, you've got your head on straight. You're doing what you need to do. This is... I think that it's a terrible situation when you don't know like that when you don't know like the details and you find them after death, it is jarring. I understand that. It really is. And so many people have been in your situation where it's like, oh, I didn't realize that. So while it's uncomfortable to do this during your family, like while someone's living, it is so much better to find this out. So, you know, for you, Steve, it doesn't help you. For everyone else listening, this is a good story, a good reminder that sharing information intergenerationally is incredibly important. And if you have a relative who's like, no, I don't want to tell you, you're being too nosy. You say, well, I'm going to be responsible for you. I'm the one who is going to be the who is going to have to take care of you. So you can't dump this on me. Uh, Jill, one last question for you. Sure. Um, she ha- also has a whole life policy for 100K. Get rid of it. Oh, wait, is there cash value in it? There is cash value in it. I'm How trying much? to figure out what it is. I haven't figured that out as yet, but I'm going to hopefully get a number out of that. So what should I do with that, I guess, is my question. Okay. So I would get rid of it because she doesn't need that money to flow. You guys don't need, you're obviously would be the beneficiaries at this point. So there's two ways to think about it. You know, one, oh, let's just keep it because if whatever money we have to pay for her to help her out, she, you know, will have some extra insurance money. I think that you should find out if there's any cash value and just get the cash value out and use it to help her put it in the cash account you know, in her own, in her own, you know, bank account and just have it available. And if there's anything else that comes up or you get more information about the trust, get back in touch with us and we'll be able to help you. Okay. So that's it. That is it for Steve in Florida. If you have a question like Steve, just give us a holler, go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button. Let us know if you'd be willing to come on the air live. We'd love to have you. And of course, you just have hours to go before you get shut out of our beautiful free live webinar. You can join that live webinar by pre-ordering the book before midnight tonight at our website, jillonmoney.com. All right. Lift someone up today. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself. But even better, they've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information, all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.